Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Conservative. Constitutional. It's the Andrew Cooper Writer Show, keeping you informed on what's going on right here in Kentucky. And welcome, everybody, to the Andrew Kubrater Show, your source for Kentucky political news and commentary. You know, a few weeks ago, I talked about a horrible crime, crime of the century, really something I don't think we as Kentuckians will necessarily ever recover from. And that was when the big boy statue was stolen from in front of the uh, Frisch's big boy in Georgetown, Kentucky. And the big boy bandits there, well, I'm ashamed to say that we as a civilization apparently have been unable to put a stop to this reign of terror. And they have stolen another statue, this time in Louisville, Kentucky. A big boy there in Louisville has had its statue stolen. You know, I've we've dealt with a lot when it comes to statues as a civilization here in the state. We've dealt with, you know, far left crazies wanting to tear down any historical statute that at all looks like a old white guy. And they've succeeded in some cases. Uh, they've tried harder in places like Nicholasville, tearing down the statute there in the central part of town. But I, I don't think anything can really compare to what we're going through as a community to know that our big boy, Frisch's big boy statutes, a beloved icon, is under constant threat and attack here in Kentucky. It's, it's, it really just demonstrates exactly the type of world we live in this is this is what we can expect this is this is andy Bashir's kentucky where big boy statutes are being stolen now a crime spree i'm assuming they're connected because there can only be so many sicko weirdos out there who hate everything america stands for enough to steal big boy statutes i i, I can't imagine there's more than one here in kentucky so they must be connected and those must be a crime spree that is put to a stop if we're to survive. But in all seriousness, uh, as I said before, I don't know what they're doing with these statutes. I don't know how you move the big boy statue market. I don't know what the underground looks like when it comes to big boy statue theft, how you fence those, how you move those. But regardless, any Frisch's big boy needs to be on high alert. Uh, increase security, hire security guards, guard your statutes with your life. It really means a lot to us here over at the Andrew Cooper Writer Show that you do that. By the way, if you want to reach out to the show, make sure you can email us at info at theandrewshow.com. Once again, that's info at theandrewshow.com. Of course, this show goes on Monday through Friday, every single day. If you want to check out where, go ahead and visit uh, theandrewshow.com. Once again, that's theandrewshow.com. From there, you can see past shows, different days. You can see the WZXI listening uh, um player so you can listen to wzxi 24 7 all the great conservative slash sports programming they have to offer you can listen right there on the website as well as uh, obviously you can catch the show at one o'clock everywhere else facebook rumble rumble sorry twitter uh youtube and all major podcasting platforms including iheart apple spotify so on and so forth and if you're listening on those podcasting platforms make sure you leave a review 
And please make sure you're also sharing this out with others. Please make sure you're doing that as well. Second thing, uh, yesterday I was talking about CAR, the Crisis Aversion Rights Retention Act, getting a hearing on December 15th, something we must stand against. It's a red flag gun law trying to destroy the Second Amendment here in Kentucky. It needs to be taken down. But if you can't make it on the 15th and you want to be able to uh, uh, weigh in on this issue, feel free. You can give LRC a call. That's a Legislative Research Commission. That's how you reach out to your legislators here in Kentucky and dial 1-800-372-7181. Once again, that's 1-800-372-7181 to leave a message for your legislators. You don't need to even know who your legislators are. You can leave a message for anybody um, and you can go ahead and reach out to them. And if for specialized uh, reaching out, you can also leave a message for the Judiciary Committee, which is uh, who is hearing this uh, on December 15th at 10 a.m. Uh, and the members of that research of the, the judiciary uh, committees there, let's see, interim joint committees on judiciary. I should have had this pulled up. I apologize, but it just goes to show how easy this is. Those members are Whitney Westerfield, who's the co-chair, who is the sponsor of this trashy bill. So obviously he's awful. Uh, you've got House Member Daniel Elliott. You'll have Karen Berg, Daniel Carroll, uh, Danny Carroll, Matthew Deenan, Gerald Neal, um, Schickle in the Senate there, Stivers in the Senate, Brandon Storm in the Senate, Johnny Turner in the Senate, and Phil Wheeler in the Senate in the House. You'll have Kim Benta, John Blanton, Kevin Bratcher, Josh Bray, Lindsey Burke, Decker, Dietz, Flannery, Heron, Cole Carney. Lewis, Savannah Maddox, Kim Mosier, Jason Nemus, Jason Petrie, Steve Rawlings, Scott Sharp, Pamela Stevenson, and Nick Wilson. Those are the members of the Judiciary Interim Joint Judiciary Committee. And you can also call into that number. Once again, that's 1-800-372-7181 to leave a message. Just say, hey, look, I want to leave a message for that Interim Joint Committee and tell them to under no circumstance under no certain circumstance are you to put forward that bill, that car bill, that red flag law. You can dress it up however you want to. We're not falling for it. We Kentuckians are standing against it. We will not allow you to get the government involved with us having to prove to the government we deserve to own firearms. That is a God-given right for us to have defense. And if we have to ask the government for permission to own them when we haven't violated any crimes, haven't been found guilty of anything by a jury of our peers, well, then that kind of destroys the entire purpose behind a God-given right, doesn't it? A right we're naturally born with. Speaking of big government, speaking of governments always watching, uh, recently the State Journal had an op-ed. I think I mentioned this in yesterday's show that I'd get around to this today. But the State Journal, that is Frankfurt's newspaper, recently had an op-ed where a citizen was urging the government there to make moves against the flock cameras, which flock stands uh, is, is license plate reading cameras. These are cameras that the police put up, but of course they all claim it's to help them, especially with staffing. And it automatically scans license plates, car callers, and car makes. Uh, and they say it's just in order to, of course, 
look for people who have warrants out or cars that have been stolen or cars that have been listed under a golden alert or amber alert. So that way then they can keep a watch on their community watching out for this. A physical person, they say, doesn't sit there watching these flock cameras, but instead they uh, they automatically read them. They're like, uh, what are they called? A uh, LRPs, automatic license plate, a L A L P S S. sorry, automatic license plate readers, a L P R S S. There you go. Automatic license plate readers. And these sit there and they'll just go through automatically running through and logging license plates that come through. This is obviously a quite a concern of big government surveillance state, because while maybe your local state government or your local county sheriff or uh, city police officers, you may trust with that information, you may not think they'll misuse it. This is a course on a network that is made available to the national government as a whole, not to mention who issues those ambulance alerts, who issues APBs, who issues those things. If we do have corruption in the federal government or, or people going out of their way, they can use these systems to further the big brother state. I mean, we've seen the FBI and other agencies being misused by those in power to target their political opponents, not even just opponents like Trump, high profile, but also, you know, we've seen them targeting people who simply uh, uh, protest against things. People have stood outside abortion clinics, uh, getting full FBI SWAT raids over uh, uh, charges that deal with incidents that's happened years ago. Uh, uh, mothers getting their homes raided by the FBI in full SWAT because they spoke up at a school board meeting. I mean, these are things we're seeing and increasing this surveillance state will certainly not be helpful. And I tell you, there's, there's, you know, there's things that have gone on nationally that tell us that government can be misused by the people in power. And these ALRPs, these, uh, um, you know, these flock cameras, they're bad news bears for that. And, and, and really, I mean, all you need to look is what James Jeffrey said back in the day. We'll go over what James Jeffrey said. Well, I had an interesting conversation with somebody who works for the federal government too, uh, here recently. I'll go over that and why that makes me so concerned about these flock cameras. After this short break, you're listening to the Andrew Cooperwriter show, your source for Kentucky politics and news. We'll be back in just a few short minutes. And you are back with the Andrew Cooperwriter Show, your source for Kentucky politics. For the break, I was talking about this op-ed I recently read in the State Journal, Frankfurt's newspaper, where they were urging Frankfurt to go ahead and, and not add in these flock cameras. These cameras that watch movements automatically log and read license plates. Um, and, and, and it's just this big brother state, a big concern. And to give you an idea of how pervasive this is, and for those of you who think, well, that's in Frankfurt, I don't got to worry about it. Let me give you uh, a list here. It's just a, not even a full list. This is just a list of all the places that I've seen listed that have adopted these types of flock automatic license plate readers, surveillance cameras by law enforcement, West uh, Butchel, Heritage Creek, Louisville Metro Police Department, Fairfield Police Department, Massonville Police Department, University of Kentucky Police Department, Hurstbourne Police Department, Lafayette Police Department, Henderson County, Louisville, Je Jefferson Town, J-Town, E-Town, Elizabethtown, Owensboro, Bullock County, Southgate, Nicholasville, Christian County, Bardstown, Middletown, Bancroft, Shepherdsville, Mountain Washington, New Haven, Simpsonville, Indian Hills, St. Matthew, Shively, Anchorage, Georgetown, Scott County, 
Highland Heights, Mount Sterling, Stamping Ground. Stamping Ground's a town of like, how many people live there? Like 50 people? How many people live in Stamping Ground, Kentucky that they need uh, uh, a camera there? Stamping Ground, Kentucky has a population of 796. (laughs) They have 796 people there. And they've got... (laughs) flock cameras i mean how much police there's one road there's one road in stamping grounds how much policing power do you need i i you know i'm not trying to make light of it per se but it's just this whole thing's kind of ridiculous when you when you think about it i mean what what are we doing here right what are we doing but anyways (laughs) um going back into these places we've seen here um let's see uh steam grounds richmond paducah that just names a few that's just like a few that we have to worry about that are using these you know these these systems here in kentucky these flock cameras and 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 it is it's big surveillance and recently i was having a conversation this is what scares me because we've seen the federal government being misused by the democrats at the federal level and having this kind of access, and if you don't think the FBI, the the CIA, the national industries don't have access to these flock cameras as well, you're mistaken. Many times these flock cameras are paid for through federal government grants. The federal government is paying these local places to put them in place. And so I was having this conversation with this federal employee, federal law enforcement employee. I'm not going to go into too much detail about who he is and stuff, but he's in a position where it it's it's frankly a little frightening that they have this thought process and we are having a conversation about information disclosure when it came to uh basically president I, not to go down the rabbit hole but we were talking about something about aliens and stuff and so basically he was going over how you know nobody would ever know it'll be a secret and i said well surely you know the president would know and he goes no not necessarily and so we had this conversation about, well, if you had the keys, if you're in the government, would you tell the president about it if he directly asked? Like, like at what point? And then that goes down the line about what are the joint chiefs for and a whole bunch of other conversations. Long story short, this federal government employee amongst the, the enforcement apparatus has a belief that, well, no, a, a bureaucrat that's been hired can make a determination whether or not the president gets to know information. And this isn't just this one guy. I mean, if we rewind back to the the Trump administration, we have James Jeffrey, who was a special envoy there to Syria. And he was in an interview and he said, see, if you remember, Trump wanted troops out of Syria, wanted to draw down in Syria. James Jeffrey says, we were always playing. This is a quote from him in an interview. He said, we were always playing shell games to make clear to our leadership, to, to not make it clear to our leadership how many troops we had there this was in 2019 he said that the actual number of troops in northeast syria is a lot more than roughly the 200 troops trump initially agreed to leave there in 2019 this guy is admitting that they were lying to donald trump to the president about troop levels in order to accomplish whatever goals these bureaucrats unelected people want to do why because they don't believe the president should get to know they don't believe that these elected people that congress and senate have those authority in their minds they don't know what they're doing but they're forgetting the fact 
that these elected people are representatives of us, the people. They are not there to serve themselves. The military isn't there to serve itself. The FBI isn't there to serve itself. The CIA isn't there to serve itself. They are there. They're supposed to be there to serve the American people. Therefore, it is not up to them to make those decisions or shouldn't be. That is up to the people who are elected by us, the people to make those decisions. It shouldn't be based on one bureaucrat's mindset. And so by increasing the surveillance here in Kentucky, we're opening ourselves up to one specific bureaucrat or two deciding that they want to have access or they need to hunt somebody down or that you're a problem because you showed up to a rally maybe. Maybe you show up onto a rally. Perhaps we have a rally December 15th in order to stand against this Crisis Aversion Rights Retention Act, this gun-grabbing red flag law bill you decide you want to show up there well they've tracked you there there's there's these flock cameras in frankfurt or that's where they're trying to put them in so now it's tracked that you've been in frankfurt at this rally and you can get added to a list now for these fbi or or you know department of homeland security dhs to look into to see if you're a threat if you're anti-government you just, you don't trust the government and that's your real problem because that's what they think. They think, why don't you trust us? We know everything. They believe they know everything. They certainly don't think they should be accountable to our elected people. That is their stated beliefs. That's why it's scary. That's why these types of things are very, very frightening. Speaking of government frightening decisions, I mentioned this yesterday too. Ford indicates it will be a, uh, uh, putting down, reassessing re the number of jobs at the Ford plant from 5,000 jobs down to just 1,000 jobs. So, so to remind you, we've gave $410 million to Ford. And I pulled up the actual bill because the problem here, right, becomes that, well, if, if we have this bill, if we've given them $410 million, what is the requirements here? Well, how do we give it to them? Well, first, we gave them $350 million in fiscal year 2021-2022 in order to provide them a forgivable loan. So $350 million of it came as a forgivable loan, but the only writer would be offered because they had a minimum investment of $2 billion. So as long as they had a minimum investment, of $2 billion, they were going to get this 350 million, which by the way, before they even put the money down, before they even broke ground, Bashir has already given them $250 million of that 350 million. So they said with a minimum investment of 2 billion, we'll go ahead and, and give you 350 million forgivable loan. And then on top of that, they gave them a piece of land there in Harding County, that had to be paid off. And, and um, that was $10,639,000. Then they gave another $20 million in fiscal year 2021-2022 to make training grants to the Bluegrass State Skills Corporation program in order to support projects, in order to support this project, in order to help train employees. On top of that, they gave another $5 million to KCTC, the Kentucky Community Technical College System, 
in order to make training grants to help train people for this. And then on top of that, they gave them another 25 million to KCTCS to build an on-site training center. So we gave them 350 million in forgivable loan, which we've already given them 250 million cash of it. We paid $10 million for a piece of land that we paid off for Ford's battery plant. And then on top of that, we spent another, you know, 45-ish million dollars, $50 million on training their employees, building a training facility on the property for them to train their employees. That's, that's what we gave them the money as. And the only requirement is a minimum $2 billion investment. It wasn't a requirement that they bring a certain number of jobs with their building. So whether they bring 5,000 jobs or 1,000 jobs, they will get they're $410 million from us. And what's really cruddy about that is that when they were saying they were going to bring 5,000 jobs, we were then paying you, the taxpayer was paying for $82,000 a job, a fair amount of money. And it would have taken, you know, five or six years for us to recoup our costs there. Now we're paying them at just a thousand jobs. And, and, and they advise us down on their recent earnings call. We're now paying them $410,000 a job, $410,000 to create this job. Why? Because electric vehicles are going bust, are going bust, they're not bust. They're just not growing very fast. They're not as big of a market. There's a lot of issues. So what is Ford hoping to do? Well, we can go over that here in a bit, but, but, and that was, and all they had to do was bring in 2 billion. You think, well, at least Ford was putting $2 billion of skin in the game. You would be mistaken to think that because where did Ford get their $2 billion? So they got $410 million from us, Kentucky. Where'd they get the $2 billion from to build the plant in the first place? Well, you would just be shocked to learn, I'm sure, that it came from yours and I's pockets. That's right, because the federal government gave $9.2 billion to Ford in order to build three plants in Southern United States. So they said, here's uh, uh, 9.2 billion. The federal government gave them a forgivable loan, 9.2 billion to build three battery plants in Southern United States. They then took our tax dollars to Kentucky to get them to give them another 410 million. We are at least out the taxpayers completely paying for this entire facility, this entire facility. We're out over 2.4 billion on this facility for a thousand jobs. We'll be going over this. What about the future? How's this work out financially? After this short break, you're listening to the Andrew Cooper Writer Show. And you're back with the Andrew Cooperwriter Show, your source for Kentucky politics. Before the break, we were going over Ford revising down their number of jobs from 5,000 created to 1,000 jobs. Going over that, well, in order for them to keep their 410 million, which would be $410,000 a job from the Kentucky taxpayer pocket, all they need to do, according to the bill, is make sure they invest at least $2 billion. Well, that $2 billion is coming from the 9.2 billion that the federal government gave them to build three plants in the Southern United States. That puts the actual amount of money the taxpayers on the hook for on this plant as 2.5 billion jobs or $2.5 billion. And if that comes to fruition and we actually only get now a thousand jobs out of this plant, we're now paying the taxpayer here in the US 2.5 
million dollars a job. $2.5 million a job. $2.5 million. I mean, you could literally take that $2.5 million a job and pay those same people for 20 years, those 1,000 people, 125K a year. It'd been cheaper to employ those 1,000 people for 20 years and have them do nothing and pay them 80K a year to do nothing than to give that money to Ford. Now, Ford, of course, they're not out anything, so they will build this massive plant. Then they'll just sit on it. Sure, the upkeep and everything else could cost them money, but they paid nothing for it. So as long as those 1,000 people produce enough batteries to at least pay the bills on the place, they're sitting okay. What future hope do we have? Now, maybe this works out because one of the big problems here, the reason why they keep advising it down is demand's falling and their labor costs on the facility has skyrocketed because of these union contracts. Because these union contracts. Well, the hope is, is that, well, perhaps they can get back to regular levels because Goldman Sachs recently came out and said, look, we think the batter, the cost of manufactured batteries will fall by 40% by 2025, making the cost of EV vehicles about $5,000 cheaper, that would offset this increased labor costs that we're seeing, and perhaps we see a resurgence. But I wouldn't take Goldman Sachs' word for it. Why? Well, because Goldman Sachs has over $8 billion invested into the EV market, and those stocks are not looking so good. They've lost a lot of money. Everybody who's put a lot of money into electric vehicles has lost quite a bit, and it's just not looking good. It's just not looking good. So this deal, raw deal all around, every single legislator that voted for this in Kentucky should lose their job. I like a lot of them. I understand the position they were in where they felt like, look, we're told this is the next Toyota. We have to vote for this, everything else. But you have a Fortune 100 company, Ford, receiving billions of dollars. So it costs them nothing to build new plants to produce a thousand jobs at a cost of $2.5 million a job. This is what you do with our money. You don't deserve to continue to hold office. You didn't ask questions. Remember when the legislators voted on this Ford deal, they didn't even know what they were building or who they were giving the money to. They weren't even able to ask questions. It was left up to Bashir, who of course he's a lefty, bought into all this BS. So of course he's gonna think electric vehicles are the future. And then the, the few members of leadership who, you know, Ford gave big money to a lot of their campaign accounts and everything else. So, of course, they're like, yeah, okay, sure, we'll go ahead and do that. And then the vast majority, and I mean by vast, I mean 98% of the legislators had no idea what they were voting for. I'm not kidding. They didn't know. They had to pass it to know what was in it because of some non-disclosure agreements. So they just voted for $2.5 million cost per job here in Kentucky with the Kentucky taxpayer having to pay in and of just, just loan $410 million on top of what their federal share is of whatever that debacle is. And they just, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. How is that conservative? Why do they have their job still? And why aren't more people talking about this? Why aren't you asking your legislator about it? Why aren't you demanding accountability from them? I mean, I ask you, we should be rioting in the streets about this. But instead we sit there and take, oh, it's just another government wasting money.
absolutely ridiculous. Speaking of government wasting money, an absolute uh, awfulness here. Um, Truth and Accounting has released uh, Kentucky's rankings here, uh, Truth and Accounting. And it gives uh, Kentucky's financial grade from 2022 an F, giving us a 45 out of 50 ranking, showing the average taxpayer's burden for our state is $20,700, $20,700. Every, every man, woman, and man and woman that works <laughs> is on the hook for $20,700 a year at current spending levels. Where's this coming from? What are they pushing forward? Well, I'll go over that here with you. Reading now from the report, Kentucky's financial condition worsened in 2022, leaving the state with insufficient money to pay its bills. The shortfall amounted to $27.1 billion. Remember, they got $410 million apparently to give to Ford when they're $27.1 billion short on their bills. Isn't that fantastic? This is our leadership. 27.1 billion short. This is this is who we continue to elect. These people have ours next to their name. These these people call themselves conservatives. Continuing on from the report, based upon the state's latest audited financial report for fiscal year 2022, it had the taxpayer burden of $20,700 earning in an F grade from truth and accounting. Like many states, Kentucky's economic condition improved due to the federal funding for COVID relief and increased tax collections attributed to taxpayers pent up tourism and purchasing demands. However, unfunded retirement obligations continue to plague Kentucky's ability to pay its bills. And there it is. It's the unfunded pension liabilities rearing its ugly head again. Maybe instead of giving $410 million to a private company that comes along and promises you just a whole boatload of jobs using our federal taxpayer dollars to, to fund those jobs, maybe instead we should be paying down our pension bill. Remember the whole reason, the whole way we got to this position that we're in with our pensions is because of dumb financial decisions made by our state government who decided instead of funding our pension liabilities, we're going to toss money into boondoggle projects. You know, boondoggle projects like a battery plant, boondoggle projects like, uh, uh, and well, that's now, but back in the day, it was boondoggle projects like a scoreboard for UK or little league jerseys or fields or this or that while not actually actually putting money into our pensions and then putting money into infrastructure. So small businesses that you don't have to go into and steal out of your citizens' pockets in order to get them to open up here. That's why you should be going after small businesses. You should be creating a small business-friendly state with small business-friendly infrastructure. That should be what's going into it. So that way, then you don't have to steal from your taxpayers and you're not chasing after Ford to give you a measly thousand jobs at a cost of $2.5 million a job. Anyways, continuing to pay for the, to continue on their, their pension issue because of their bills here. Over the last two years, the value of the Kentucky's pension investments has been subjected to the volatility of the markets. In 2021, financial markets improved, and the state's pension system reported significant gains. Unfortunately, market conditions turned negative during fiscal year 2022. Look, literally a replay of what happened in 2020, in 2010, 2011, uh, or, or sorry, 20, uh, 2007 with the 2008 Great Recession coming through. 
Anyways, unfortunately, market conditions turned negative, resulting in significant unrealized investment losses, which in turn caused the amount of unfunded pension liabilities benefits to increase. The volatility highlights the risk to pension systems and taxpayers of fixed benefits that are partially funded by earnings from erratic markets. So defined contribution, defined benefits. We'll go over the second page of this uh, and just kind of goes into its bills a little bit, capital assets, just paints a real bleak picture after this short break. Not to be depressing today, but Y'all, we need to have leaders that understand that it's it's not their money, it's our money. And they need to start spending it like that because last I checked, they wouldn't get $410,000 a job. That's not an investment they would make. But apparently that's something they did with our money and they continue to mess up on investments on our state pensions as well. We'll have more after this short break. You're listening to the Andrew Cooper Ryder Show. We'll see you back here in just a few short minutes. And you're back with the Andrew Kubrider Show, your source for Kentucky politics. Before the break, I was going over truth and accounting, giving Kentucky the F grade, saying that the taxpayer has a burden of $20,700 a year on their bills based upon unfunded pension liabilities. Going back to the report, they say Kentucky has $21 billion available to pay. It's $48.1 billion worth of bills. The outcome was a $27.1 billion shortfall, which breaks down to a burden of $20,700 per taxpayer. So keep in mind, that is the taxpayer's burden needed to pay the bills beyond what we're already paying. That's beyond what we're already paying. So we're already paying somewhere around uh, $17,000 is our burden all in. So you're talking now, you're talking a $37,000 burden a year on the taxpayers. Going back to the report, after the reporting greater than 20, after reporting greater than 20% investment gains on the investments in 2021, looked good. The teacher's retirement system reportedly lost more than 10% on its investments in 2022. These poor results caused an increase in the state's unfunded pension Benefits and it, and, it, and it breaks this down as a bill here. It says the state's bills exceeded its assets. Total assets was sixty-six million, sixty-six billion, eight hundred ten million, three hundred sixteen thousand dollars. Capital assets was thirty-seven billion dollars. So you take that out of it. Restricted assets eight point five billion. Assets available to pay bills was only twenty point nine billion dollars but the total bills is 48.1. So that leaves us with 27.1 billion needed more to pay. And the breakdown of the bills, we owe $9.2 billion in bonds, 11.2 in other liabilities, 5 uh, billion in debt related to the capital assets, that's buildings, things like that. And then 29.8 billion in unfunded pension benefits, and then 3.1 billion unfunded retiree healthcare benefits, leaving us with 48 billion dollars unpaid bills. Here's the bottom line: it says right from the report, Kentucky would need an additional 20,700 from each of its taxpayers to pay all of its outstanding bills and receive an F grade for its finances, according to Truth and Accounting Grading Scale. Any government with a taxpayer burden above $20,000 automatically receives an F. 
Kentucky is in an F financial state, according to Truth and Accounting, because we are doing dumb things like instead of putting money into funding our unfunded pension liabilities, we're paying $410,000 a job to Ford. $410,000 a job to Ford. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, and it makes you wonder, you know, these are the types of things Cameron could have ran on. I mean, Ford was indicating its issues early on. He could have brought up just how much it's going to cost Kentuckians, just how much of a con this battery plan is during his campaign. But he couldn't because that would involve also implicating Republicans. And well, we're all team R after all. I mean, they don't do conservative things all that often, or they do things completely opposite of what you would expect from conservatives, but they've got an R next to their name. So can't say anything bad about anything passed by people with an R next to their name. Maybe if we could show a difference of R versus D show bipartisanship in that way of saying, look, I'm willing to call out when Republicans or Democrats and anybody who listens to the show knows I'm more than willing to call out Republicans and Democrats both. When they do dumb things, I'm willing to call them out. That would have been a good thing to run on attacking this issue in the first place. Because remember, Shear says our economy's on fire. The taxpayer just paid $410,000 a job, sure, but our economy's on fire. And on the other reason why I hammer this Ford, some people say to me like, Andrew, you talk about this Ford deal a lot, and that's because it just gets worse and worse. More information we get, the worse and worse it looks like. And they bring that up because right now, <laughs> based upon inside information I have, the mega site, there's a mega site in Richmond, Madison County, right off the interstate, and I guarantee you somebody's out there right now, based upon the information I have, they are trying to broker a deal to get hundreds of millions of dollars from you, the taxpayer right here in Kentucky to build something else to deal with electric vehicles. And if we don't tell our legislators, this deal is bad, we hate you for passing this, not we hate you in like a primal sense, but we hate the fact you passed this. We don't believe you should still hold office anymore because this is not conservative. This is not the kind of thing to do. You're getting an F grade from truth and accounting because you can't pay your bills and you're paying $410,000 a job for an electric vehicle manufacturing plan out of Ford now because it's based on investment, not job creation. And now, there's a similar situation in deal brewing there in Richmond. And hey, we don't want to see that. We don't want to see another lost cause. Hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars going into something that looks like it's going to go bust. But, you know, what do I know, right? I'm just a conservative radio show host. I only see the truth. I've only been calling this since... The beginning was, like I said, I hope it turns around. I hope Goldman Sachs is around the Ford thing. I hope this truth and accounting report, we can turn it around, but it isn't looking good. 45th out of 50th rank. Absolutely awful. You know, back on May 9th, 2017, WDRB did a special report. WDRB, that's out of Louisville. Uh, news, news station out of Louisville. This special report that said 50,000 illegal immigrants are in Kentucky, but would are border wall stopped them. And so they went down to the Mexican border. The Louisville local news station took some reporters down to the Mexican border to 
uh, to, to the Mexico-U.S. border to, to figure out whether or not Donald Trump's wall at the time would stop illegal immigration. Now, you don't need to go back and read the article. I'll save you the time. Um, they did their due diligence as a liberal media to go ahead and say, no, of course not. Even though anybody with a slight mindset of objective journalism would say, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you build a wall, it's harder to pass through it. You know, something that, in fact, Biden is doing, building parts of that wall that they attacked Trump for wanting to put in place in the first place. But what's more important is that was May 9th, 2017. We're now over six years later. And I searched and searched and searched. And I can't find a single article that WDRB or anyone else has done here in Kentucky to really look at how many illegal immigrants we have in Kentucky. Talking about doing a border wall stop, a special report, what can be done? Let's fly some reporters down there. Nothing hasn't happened. Why? Because, of course, big, angry, orange man isn't in office. Instead, it's senile Joe. And old senile Joe, he can't be attacked for that. We don't want to draw attention to that. You know, we've got Bashir in office now instead of Matt Bevin. So, of course, we can't, you know, bring up illegal immigrants there because that would have hurt Bashir with, of course, the conservative crowd here in Kentucky and even the conservative Democrats can't have that. They especially don't want you to know this. And this was an interesting as I was digging through trying to find a story to tell me how many legal immigrants are in Kentucky to see if anybody bothered to look at it like they did six years ago, six and a half years ago. Kim Cross report that says the federal government spends five times more on illegal immigrants than it spends on the Appalachian low-income families. Wouldn't that be an important thing to know? Wouldn't it be nice to see somebody dig into that? Dig into how many illegal immigrants are here in Kentucky and figure out, is the federal government spending more on illegal immigrant providing services to illegal immigrants in Kentucky than they're spending on the Appalachian residents of Kentucky. Now, many people point to the fact that Kentucky brings in a lot of federal dollars, and it does. It does. I'm not going to pretend it doesn't, but at least we're American citizens. At least uh, uh, people in the state pay into it. At least those people at some point had the potential to pay into it without offering some kind of amnesty program or something else. These illegal immigrants outside of sales tax won't be paying into the system anytime soon. Because, of course, they're illegal immigrants. It'd just be nice to see some honest reporting and some digging into this. But I guess because, well, the wrong people are in office, we'll have to wait until we have a Republican president and a Republican governor before WDRB bothers to do a special report on how many illegal immigrants are in Kentucky or whether or not a border wall would help. Well, y'all, that's what we have time for today on the Andrew Cooper Writer Show. I thank y'all so, so much for joining us today. Hopefully you got a lot of good information. As always, if you want to reach out to the show, feel free to email info at theandrewshow.com. Once again, that's info at theandrewshow.com. I'll see you all back here tomorrow with another day, another show. Have a great rest of your day.